Amen. We're still in a series called Baggage. Uh, I want to speak to you today about the baggage of immaturity. Uh, but I would just want to talk about that video real quick because I, I was slamming people when they was getting baptized. I was like, bam! <laughs> hey, if I baptize you, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That was brutal. <laughs> truly, truly. It, it's been, it was an awesome week. Hey, we had an awesome week last week for Easter. I uh, just want to talk about that for a moment. Um, Friday, we, we, we celebrated Good Friday. We was over watching the movie, The Passion of Christ. Everybody was teary-eyed afterwards. And um, we went Saturday, we went to W.T. Moore, was able to put out 3,000 eggs, over 3,000 eggs for the kids. And I was just, it was just, I was, had too much anxiety when I saw all the kids. There were so many kids, I'm telling you. I said, just let me park cars, okay? Um, but it was, it was definitely a blessing to see all the families out there and uh, Sunday, we celebrated the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I say he's alive. He's alive. And oftentimes, we think about Friday and Sunday, and we, we, we figure like Saturday, nothing was happening during that time. But our Lord and Savior was still fighting for us. The Bible says, he who ascended first descended into the lower parts of the earth, and he led captivity captive. Amen. And he took the authority and the power from the enemy and resurrected. Amen. Amen. And we're free because of that. Amen. Praise God. Immaturity. I'm not calling anybody immature, but my wife do tell me sometimes that I act like a child. <laughs> when I talk about immaturity, I'm talking about a spiritual, spiritual immaturity, meaning spiritually we have to begin to progress in our walk with the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, Paul says, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. In other words, he's saying that I grew to be a man. I didn't start out a man. I grew to become a man. And here it is. A lot of times we get saved and that's it. We get saved and we stop growing from there. And what God have, have put in my heart today is that God want us to begin to become the men and women of God that he's called us to be. Not just get saved and become stagnant in our spiritual growth. He want us to become spiritual giants so that we can defeat the enemy. And the only way we can do that is by the word of God. Peter understood this concept in 1 Peter chapter 2 because Peter, when he first came to the Lord, Peter was not, Peter had some issues. You know, Peter was a man that would cut your ear off and a man that denied Jesus three times. And, you know, he had all type of baggage that he was dealing with. But we see the life of Peter when Jesus first came on the scene and said to come follow me. And at the end of Peter's life, Jesus said, follow me. There's a lot that happened between that come follow me and the follow me in Peter's life. He grew to become the great apostle Peter that we know of today. And this is what God wants us to do in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. 
Peter says, so put aside every trace of malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander and hateful speech. Like newborn babes, you should long for the pure milk of the word so that by it, by what? By the word of God, you may be nurtured and grow in respect to salvation, its ultimate fulfillment. In fact, you have already tasted the goodness and gracious kindness of the Lord. You cannot grow. You cannot be nurtured if you do not take time to read God's word. It's the word of God that allows us to grow spiritually. And the enemy does not want you to get into the word of God. Paul said like this, be not conformed in Romans 12, chapter 1 and 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Bible is telling us that the word transform means a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. There's a change that takes place. And that's what God is saying. God is saying, I haven't just created you to remain a caterpillar. There's so much in your, in your life, in you, that God wants to develop. And the only way he can do it is by you spending time to get to know him in the word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says, All scripture. What does all mean? All scripture is inspired by God, meaning it's God breathed and it's useful. See, and that's what the enemy don't want you to know, that the word of God is useful. The word of God is useful. It's inspired by God. Men did not wrote, write the Bible. The spirit of God spoke through men to write the word of God. Everything on here is true. So all doesn't mean some of it. All means everything in the word of God. Brothers, it's Old Testament or new. 39 chapters in the old, 27 in the new. Whatever the case may be, it all points to Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God. And it's useful to teach us. What is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. See, I need somebody to point out what's wrong in my life because I'm messed up. And I need God to always point stuff out in my life every day. All scripture is inspired by God and it'll make you realize what's wrong and it corrects us. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare, to prepare us for what's coming ahead. Prepare me to be a better husband. Prepare me to be a better wife. Prepare me to be a better believer. The Word of God prepares us for the trials that may come in our lives. Not only does it prepare, but it, it equips us. In other words, it equips me to be able to fight against the enemy. Having the Spirit of God and not having the Word of God is like having a gun without bullets. There's no power in it. 
We need the word of God to be in our spirit so that we are able to speak the word of God when the enemy come against us. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4. Hope y'all is get, are getting this because this is some good stuff. Like when I was a young believer, I wish I could have got this in my life so that I could grow into the word of God. Um, I hope you're taking notes because all the holy people take notes. It's a joke. I'm joking. <laughs> Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became hangry. 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus was hangry, y'all. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become Loaves of bread. See, if that was me, when I'm hungry, I'm ready to eat. So all I need is a little temptation. And I would have just said, you know what, devil? I'm going to turn these stones into some good old Nana honey milk biscuits <laughs> because I'm hungry. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus told him, no. The scripture says, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You need the word of God in your life so that you will be able to fight off the enemy in the times of temptation. The Bible tells us to put on the whole arm of God so that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He says, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Girt your loins about with the truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. Above all, taking the shield of faith. And then he says, take the sword of the spirit which is the Word of God. The only weapon you have to fight with is the Word of God. Everything else was defense. We need the Word of God in order for us to fight off the enemy in our lives. Jesus understood this concept in Luke chapter 8, verse 11. He's telling the, the disciples a parable about a sword that went out to sow seed. And they didn't understand it. So he began to explain it to him. He was talking life principles from a parable. Say, so this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The word of God never changes. The word of God always accomplishes what it was sent forth to do. The word of God does not change. He said the seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. And a lot of times there's things in our lives that prevents us from allowing the word of God to really get into our hearts. Lies of the enemy. Things like fear and pride. What are my friends going to say about me? Things like my past stops us from believing in the word of God and it prevents us from spiritual growth. Then he says the seed on the rocky soil, it represents those, those who hear the message. They all heard the message and receive it with joy. Good word, pastor. But since they don't have deep roots, 
They believe for a while, then they fall away when the face of temptation comes. And the problem is, a lot of times we don't allow the Word of God to get deep, deeply rooted into our hearts because there, there are other things that is deeply rooted in our hearts. And we got to uproot some other stuff out of our lives so that the Word of God can get into our lives. Deep-rooted things that stopping your spiritual growth, things like prejudice and addiction and pornography and all of this stuff that keeps you from getting into the Word of God because you feel so guilty and condemned to where you don't want God to even speak to you, and these things are stopping your progression. He also says, the seeds that fell among the thorns represents those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life, and therefore they can't grow into maturity. And a lot of times that's how we are. We are crowded out by all of the demands in life. My home and my cars and my family and my kids and my relationships and my career and my education, all of these things are crowding out my spiritual growth because it robs me of the time that I need to spend in the Word of God. And we have to make time for the Word of God. What's stopping you from your spiritual growth? Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12 says this. You have been believers so long now. This is Paul talking. Say that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babes who need milk and cannot eat solid food. He's saying that it's time for us to just grow up spiritually, grow up to, into the things of God. And we cannot grow up if we're neglecting the word of God. It's okay to have milk. It's okay to be a babe. That's how we are. We all start out as babes. But a babe crawls, walk, talk, and he, they progressively get better. God does not want us to stay in one place spiritually. Other people are dependent upon your growth. Somebody is waiting on you to tell them something to help them out. I know it would be strange to see a baby or a kid, you know, if it was my kid, 12 years old, and laying on my wife's breast or, or chest. You know, that would be like, come on. I mean, if it's a healthy baby, come on, you're 12 years old. Like, I need to lay on mom's chest too. Get up. <laughs> it's time to grow. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says, now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work 
and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full, complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teachings. Because there's a lot of new teachings out there, y'all. And the word of God is the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's not my truth or your truth. It's his truth. And we got to get into the word of God so we can know what his truth is. We would not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever. They sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body of the church. That is the goal, y'all, is for us to grow more and more like Christ. That's our heart here. Our heart here isn't just to preach to you. Our heart is to see you grow and develop into the person that God has called you to be. want to see the gifts in you, the leadership in you. I'm going to give you a few ways to do that. The first way I think that we can do it, grow in the word of God, is we have to desire the word of God. There has to be an, a, a desire for God's word. And you can't have a desire if you don't taste it. Now, I've been on a sugar fast for a week now, and I just desire a Skittle. Just a skilter, y'all. Just give me one. Like I've been craving it. And that's how we have to be with the word of God. David says, as the deer pants longingly for the water brooks, so my soul longingly thirsts for you, O God. In other words, saying that, God, I'm soul thirsty. And it's a lot of people that's soul thirst, and we desire a lot of things, and we put effort into a lot of, lot of other things to try to get fulfillment when it can only come through spending time in God's Word. The Bible says for us to walk in the Spirit and not the flesh. If we walk in the Spirit, we would not gratify the desires of the flesh. We would not crave the things of the flesh. I have my spiritual man and I have my flesh and my soul. My soul is all messed up when it's connected with my body because now my soul is disappointed and angry and, and just, just no joy and no peace all because I'm connected to sin and a sinful lifestyle. And the more I feed my fleshly man the things of the world, Worldly things, sinful things, the stronger it gets. And my spirit man no longer desires the word of God. So the goal is to feed my spiritual man the word of God so that my spiritual man can continue to get stronger and my fleshly man can get weaker. That's why we fast. Fasting is disconnecting from the world to connect with God. So that I can fast from this stuff, put the word of God into my spirit, 
so that my spirit man can be stronger than my fleshly man. Now my soul is lined up with my spirit with joy and peace, love, kindness, temperance, because I'm feeding my spirit the word of God. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything else will be added unto you. We have to get the word of God into our spirit, have a desire for it. I got to have your word, God. I need your word in my life. You desire everything else and you fulfill it. When I want to win this four for four, I go get it. Because I desire four for four. When I want Chick-fil-A, I go get it. Because I desire it. We have to grow a desire for God's word. But you have to taste it. And when you taste it and see that it's good, you want more of it. Say, God, this is good. Amen. Not only should we desire the word of God to grow spiritually, but y'all, we have to learn the word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He say, a workman, meaning I'm putting in work. I'm putting in sacrifices to read God's word. You have to learn the word of God in order to grow spiritually. When we go to school as, as a young child, you know, first grade, second grade, third grade, till we graduate college, we're going to learn certain things. And we're growing every year. Even so with the Word of God, we're in the Word of God to learn so that we can grow. And how do we do that? We got to make time to read, y'all. That's it. We got to make time to read God's word. Like I know there's a lot going on in life, a lot of demands, a lot of things pulling you every which way, but it is so important. It's too important to miss spending time in God's word, especially in the time and days we're living in now. We need the word of God in our lives. So we got to make sacrifices. Say this is God time. And this is the time I'm going to spend with him. Y'all, just five minutes. Give, give God five minutes to read a scripture. I made it my intention this year. I told myself, starting January, this started in January, I will not work through lunch. I've been working through lunch for years. But I said, I got to pull away so that I can re. Say so you got to disconnect to reconnect. And I need to disconnect from some stuff so I can reconnect to God and be able to allow God to speak to me. Allow God to clear my mind. I'm telling you, it works, y'all. I, I, I leave, I actually leave the job. I go get in my car. I drive, because we have a park down the street. I go down there. I walk the trail, and I just talk to God. Just talk to God. Come back to the job. I'm refreshed, refocused. I'm ready to roll. But I fed my spirit, spirit man. Whatever it takes, you got to do it to get the word of God into your life. Pick a time to read daily. They got daily devotions. There's daily devotions that you can get. 
you know, that got a quick little message in it that you can read that, you know, may take five, ten minutes, whatever. Get the Word of God into your heart. Make God's Word a priority in your life. Make God's Word a priority. It is so vital to our Christian growth, to our spiritual growth, to make God's Word a priority. And we got to study the Word, y'all. Study the Word. Don't just read it sometimes. Just say, you know what, I'm going to study this, see what it says. When you're studying the Word of God, there's different types of study. There's topical studies where you say, you know what, I'm just going to pull a topic. I'm going to study salvation. Or I'm going to study repentance. I'm going to study grace or mercy. You can just take a topical study and dig deep to try to figure out what does it really mean. I know a lot of times we say those are churchy words, but churchy words are in the Bible. These are words we need to know what they mean for our spiritual growth. Do a book study. Peter or James, Ephesians, Romans. Begin to read those books. Or you can do a character study and see what the character of Jesus was like and the character of Peter and Paul and all these different authors and see how, you know, their life was similar to our life. My, my wife, she reads the one-year Bible. The one-year Bible is a good, good way to read. Like you can read the Bible in one year. And it's okay if you, you miss a few, two, three days. Like, you don't have to go back 17 days to try to catch up. It's all right. Just jump back in and begin to read the one-year Bible wherever, you know, it starts at. You have different translations to make it easier for us to understand. NIV, the New King James Version. I like the King James Version. You got the ESV Version, the Amplify. All of these are different Bibles that you can get to help you to really understand the Word of God because it was, they were translated because they know how important it is for us to understand the Word of God and not to run away from it. We need God's Word. And also, we got to memorize God's Word. This is a big one, y'all, just memorizing Scripture and what it says and what it means to me. A lot of people write the scriptures on a blank piece of paper just to memorize it. They write it over and over and over. Joshua says in 1.8, study this book of instructions continually and meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Meditate on it. Think about the word of God. Read it over and over. I used to put cards in my pocket with the scriptures written on it. And I go throughout the day and I pull that card out and I begin to just read that scripture. I may be standing up somewhere. I just read it, put it back in my pocket just to keep it at the forefront of my thinking. And that's how a lot of people ask me, how did I memorize verses? That's how I did it. Some people like to just use sticky notes and put it on their mirror. Every, every morning you get up, you go to the bathroom, you got a verse there. You, you're reading that verse, you know, and just getting it into your spirit. I hope everybody go to the sink every morning. I mean, that's a good spot to put it because we normally go to the, okay, <laughs> praise God. But we have, to, we have to begin to memorize God's word. And, and, and I want to, this is something I want to do today. I, I want to. 
look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And this is a scripture we all are going to remember today. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Let's read this together. Come on, everybody, with your, just with your normal talking voice. Let's go. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Come on, one more time, everybody together. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And then we say, what does that mean to me? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. It means that I can be a new creature in Christ, meaning that my past is gone. My sins are gone. My failures are gone. I can start a new, fresh life today. That's the scripture to hang on to. Or make it up, apply it to your life. Everybody know that scripture next week, I'm going to ask you. <laughs> Amen. So not only should we desire the word, not only should we learn the word, but y'all, we have to begin to love God's word. We got to learn to love God's word. We got to love it. David says, oh, in Psalms 119, verse 97, oh, how I love your law. It's meditation all the day. Thou through thy commandments has made me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. Understand more than ancients. I understand more than ancients because I keep your precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep your word. I have not departed from thy judgment, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are the, your words unto me, unto my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This sounds like a man that loves the word of God. And we got to get to a place in our life where we love God's word. We're passionate about a lot of things. Why can't we get passionate about the word of God? Why can't we get past it and say, God, I love your word better than I love myself. I love your word better than the things that I got to do in life. I love my wife. I'm passionate about my wife. You want to see me? You want to see another side of me? Mess with my wife. Because I love her and I will protect her. And I want to get us so fired up to where we will protect and defend and love the Word of God. I love you because I, I love to hear my wife. I love to spend time with my wife. I love to talk to my wife. I love to hear my wife talk to me sometime. <laughs> love you, baby. <laughs> we have to love the Word of God. And as I close, not only do we need to desire God's word, 
Not only should we learn God's word, not only should we love God's word, but we got to live God's word, y'all. We got to get to a place of maturity where we're saying, I'm going to live the word of God. I'm going to walk this thing out. Because, see, that's the difference between a meat Christian and a milk Christian. A meat Christian says, I got it. I tasted it. Now I want to live this thing out. James says like this in James chapter 1, verse 22. Say, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. It's very practical, y'all. Ephesians says this. I'm going to read just a couple scriptures in Ephesians. He said, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God truly righteous and holy. Then Paul just tell you like it is. Stop lying. <laughs> if you want to grow, if you want to mature in Christ, if you want people to see the change in your life from the caterpillar to the butterfly, we have to start putting stuff off and start putting on the Word of God. Allow the word of God to get into your heart so it can transform your life. I encourage you, go back and read Ephesians chapter 4 and see how Paul tells us to stop. Just stop doing some stuff and allow God to transform your life by his word. Let us bow our heads.